Hi, this is Alan Olson, and welcome to American Dreams. We have today Shona Icorn. She is the CEO of the Northern Inland Academy of Sports. Shona, welcome to today's show. G'day, Alan. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very privileged to be with you all. So, Shona, you recently were visiting the U.S., and I, I met you actually at a Golden State Warriors game. Uh, maybe for the listeners here, can you uh, give us some insight, the purpose of the trip, which brought you back here? Absolutely. Well, Alan, I've been working in the area of sport and, and education for many, many years now. And having grown up on the east coast of Australia in an area some people may be familiar with, near Byron Bay, where Chris Hemsworth comes from, um, and participated in sport and volunteered in sport for many years, as did my family. And I had fantastic role models in um, my parents who were contributors across many organisations in our community in a very much a sport-mad regional area. I then undertook, obviously participated in sport myself, but not to an exceptionally high level. However, knew that there was an opportunity and there was a gap in the, the market. I actually then went to study sports management in Brisbane and uh, had the opportunity to apply for uh, to work as the first CEO of the Northern Inland Academy of Sport. And in New South Wales, um, there are 11 regional academies of sport, two of which are government um, organisations, nine are independent. Um, I joined the Northern Inland Academy of Sport back in 1992 the first time and then went off to do other things in education and in sport and having family, etc. But this year, um, in, in coming back to the um, Northern Inland Academy of Sport as a CEO in 2021, um, this, this particular year, we have, as a group of CEOs, had the opportunity to, um, to consider what is best practice and really look at how we can revolutionise what we're doing uh, in New South Wales in terms of talented athlete development and providing opportunities for young, talented, um, both athletes between the ages of 13 to 18, but also for coaches and officials. So in sport, we really um, have been looking at how we can uh, do things better with our processes and our people and the platforms that we use to deliver these programs. Um, we considered um, then looking at best practice. So. Um, there was an opportunity uh, which we followed through um, and contacts of um, many of the other CEOs. We uh, went to the west coast of the United States, uh, San Francisco, Sacramento, LA and then Hawaii and looked at best practice in not only the colleges but professional organisations together with the academies. So we visited places like um, Cal in San Francisco, like the Golden State Warriors Academy. Um, obviously, we went to a game, and we're very fortunate to have met you and your family there at the um, in the hospitality area in, in in an extraordinary location. We were very fortunate to be um, given a tour of that facility and talk with the recruitment manager there about how the Golden State Warriors do things and how we could perhaps partner with um, not only the God Set Warriors, but other organisations such as the colleges uh, and um, smaller organisations who are very similar to us in providing opportunities for these talented athletes. Um, 
So, for example, best practice in um, the colleges we saw at Sacramento was um, amazing. There are a number of Australian um, connections there. We we also um, met other connections in um, St Mary's College, uh, the Gales there in San Francisco, um, in LA we went to USC, and then the University of Hawaii in um, obviously Honolulu and Chaminade University. Um, what we under, undertook was visitations in each of those areas and then met many of the staff involved. And as I keep saying, we, we're looking to um, to the United States and looked at best practice in sports management and how we can, as I said, partner with these organisations to provide greater opportunities for our talented athletes. We've been working in the area of talent sport development for many, many years, and there's a greater focus now than ever before. Um, having a home Olympics in 2032 does give us a greater focus and a greater purpose. So each of the CEOs, there were five of us there in the United States, um, talking to the whole range of people to help facilitate these opportunities moving forward. I'd be very interested in your uh, your perspective of differences within the USA system and the Australia system for sport. I think it's certainly. And there are many similarities and differences um, in both countries. Um, I see there's obviously sport is a, a media where people have a lot of passion um, in terms of the sports they participate in and, uh, and, and certainly support. But certainly the system in Australia is very much um, a grassroots development um, from the bottom up. In, and, and this is just my personal perspective. It's not necessarily shared by um, the, the greater number of people. It, it's around um, the system in Australia is um, based on volunteerism. So the mum and dad who support their child um, getting involved in sport and who, who then might think, oh, I want to make a career out of this. There's opportunities for them moving forward in, in, in that area. But there's a lot of um, focus um, on mass participation in sport. So community participation is very much um, across the board. And I see that is not necessarily as similar to the United States. It differs in that um, in the US, we saw there's a very linear approach to the development of the talented athlete, whereby you know your athlete from school, they progress from there to college, and then from there potentially to professional. In Australia, we have a great um, community sports system alongside a terrific school sports system, but often they're at um, at odds in terms of they're providing um, the opportunity for the same athlete, but the same athlete can be then in so many different teams and, and, and get quite um, uh, torn between um, what opportunity, where is the pathway? Whereas in the United States, there's a very clear pathway for talented athletes. We have lots of organisations here in Australia trying to do a similar thing. And often they can be, and this is not necessarily a negative, but it can often be in isolation. So what we're wanting to do is to work better together in order to provide that uh, greater opportunity for that talented athlete. And so they don't burn out, so they continue in the sport uh, long term and hopefully have great outcomes at, at the end, whether it is at Olympic level or whether it is at a local or a regional level. 
And certainly the organisations I'm involved with in the regional academies of sport um, are one step above participation level. We provide pathways and performance for these talented athletes in the 13 to 18 year old age group across a wide variety of sports. The sports some you may be familiar with, many you won't be familiar with. I'm not too sure how many would be familiar with netball, for example, the largest participant sport, particularly for females, although we've had an increase of numbers of males participating there. Um, so those opportunities we're wanting to grow and get better at doing. You know, the, uh, how many, how many kids, uh, are in the program? Across New South Wales in the regional academy of sport, um, system, uh, and which is an independent system, I might say we whilst we are supported by the office of sport, um, to a certain extent, which is state government funding, um, in each across the 11 regional academies, we would identify or have, um, uh, athletes attend selection trials, um, you know, around 8,000 athletes would attend those trials. And we would then identify two and a half thousand potentially across the 11 regional academies of the sport. Uh, this weekend, um, I've actually re recently, uh, returned from a place called Wagga Wagga where we hosted the academy games and that, that was, um, games across eight different sports including cycling, triathlon, hockey, netball, uh, basketball, volleyball, golf. Um, they're the sort of variety of sports I'm referring to. Um, so we had um, about 1,500 athletes participate in those particular sports. But on any given day, um, we would have in the vicinity of two and a half to 3,000 in our programs on an annual basis. Um, so these are athletes from many different areas across the state. Some might be from very rural and remote areas. Some might be from areas in, in Western Sydney, but in particular, the challenges, um, and equally like in the U S in those remote areas, you have the same geographic area as we do. You just have a greater population. You have 300 million. We have 30 million, uh, to draw from, but in both countries, we have very passionate people about what they do and how they do it and how to improve. So, you know, we're using the adage here, if you're standing still in sport, you're actually going backwards. So we're reaching out to countries like the US, the UK, there are say New Zealand as well, just to see how we can um, assist these athletes and their communities and families to get better at what they do. I guess our adage is developing potential on and off the field and it's around providing that next opportunity. As I said, the athletes, for example, in, in my personal academy, Northern Inland, um, some of them come from remote areas where they're traveling two and three hours one way just to attend a training session. So we're looking to uh, help them um, try and defray those challenges so that they can succeed long-term. Um, the other difference I, I saw in the US compared to Australia is there is greater philanthropic support um, for programs and facilities, particularly if you think about the Golden State Warriors Chase Center. Oh my goodness, the $2 billion project, that wonderful facility that is there, but then is supported by um, contributions to the, um, the programs within the Golden State Warriors and their recruitment 
And so I saw a difference, um, or we as the collective of CEOs saw a difference in how um, organisations in the US actually identify their talent, nurture their talent and support their talent long term. And so what we're looking to do is emulate that, provide um, a culture of um, support and, and for these athletes and the coaches and the officials to succeed long term. Because as you would know, Alan, um, sport is a microcosm really and a reflection of society generally. And the attributes that you receive um, from participating in sport um, were with you for life. So we are trying to instill that in this next generation of athlete and community leader. Yeah, for the listeners here, I'm aware that you travel 100 kilometers four times a week to get to your office. I do, but I have to say that COVID, um, one thing has provided um, us is the opportunity to to do things uh, remotely. So I have been fortunate to be able to work remotely and use technology um, when it works um, to, the, to the great extent. Um, but yes, I do travel. Um, I haven't hit a kangaroo yet, touch wood, um, but I do travel one way there to Tamworth from my home in um, Armidale, which is a university town. Um, yes, yeah, so I travel one way there, one way back, and I love doing it. It's um, thinking time, but it's also just a very small um, thing that I can do compared to some of the parents in our region who do travel that quite extensively in order to provide an opportunity for these athletes. So, Shona, what is your, your personal mantra um, do you, is it, you know, making things happen and making a difference? What is, what is it that you're, you want to be known for in life yeah, and involved in? Thank you, Alan. I've often reflected on that and what might be something that would be said at my, um, you know, funeral potentially. And, and that would be, um, making a difference certainly. And, um, Using that analogy, we have a, an expression in Australia, having a go, and I certainly have been renowned for that in my life and, and just giving everything the best shot I possibly can um, and certainly making a difference and being able to provide opportunities for these young athletes um, and, and, and help them get to the next, the next level is what I'd personally be very proud to do. Um, my other uh, philosophy in life is always to give back. Uh, I have been very fortunate to have lots of opportunities um, in my lifetime and many ha have been actually through um, a wonderful international organisation called Rotary. I was an exchange student in Sweden many years ago. I came to North Carolina uh, in, well, in the 90s anyway uh, as a group study exchange team member and now I've actually joined and become a Rotarian myself because I understand that um, you know communities need volunteers and um, the more volunteers, the better. COVID has certainly um, shown that a lot of people have taken a step back from volunteerism. And I think we need to step up in order to provide these opportunities. And without volunteers, our organisation here in Australia would be really struggling um, because we certainly don't pay our coaches like you do in the United States. Um, so we are trying to then show uh, and demonstrate to these yet this next generation the import importance of having a go, the importance of putting yourself forward, and then giving back to community. 
um, where I see the greatest reward for me is just seeing young um, adults achieve who've been through our programs, our alumni. We have many alumni um, right across the world who've come through our programs as a, whether a 15 year old or an 18 year old, they're now um, succeeding in life, whether in business or whether on the sports field. We have many on scholarships in the United States at various colleges. Um, some who've come back to um, then in our country to be selected in our state and national teams. And for me, that's um, the sense of pride uh, and accomplishment of those athletes is um, gives me great purpose and, 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 of course, pride. But my other um, reward is seeing these athletes who potentially don't make it to that next level uh, give back to their communities who might be running voluntary um, community organisations such as their local netball, cricket, rugby, hockey organisation. Um, and so we have actually had an impact and influence that positively that next generation. That to me is truly rewarding. Sean, it's very impressive the your mission and the way that you're striving to make an impact in the lives of others. If, if a person wants to get involved with your programs, first of all, how can they get involved? And um, where would they where would they reach out to you or the organization? Well, the Regional Academies of Sport Collective across New South Wales are certainly supported not only through the Office of Sport, which is a state government um, funding initiative, um, but we are actually um, supported by a number of commercial partners. And so we do have um, a variety of sponsors um, with our programs. Clubs New South Wales is one that is right across every academy. Um, in individual academies, we do also have um, our own uh, regional sponsors, but um, contributions also come from the athletes themselves and their families. But if people were certainly wanting to get involved, they just need to contact me and, and we can um, look at a partnership um, established um, establishment long-term or short-term, however people would like to um, get involved. Um, as I mentioned, philanthropic investment is probably um, in its infancy in Australian sport. And we'd like to really uh, foster that. And we're trying to do that through our alumni program, but also look to uh, reach out to people who might have a similar interest in providing opportunities for talented young athletes um, in their communities. So if anyone was interested, all they need to do is just make contact. So would that, do you prefer email for contacting you or? Probably would work best, just an email. Um, or a, a text message, or even check out um, LinkedIn or um, Facebook. Well, Sean, it's been a pleasure having you with us here on American Dreams.